Hello everyone, this is Cole and you're listening to Black Men with Families. I am a black man and I do have a family so I wanted to make it as sweet as possible. Um, I could have, I wanted to actually start off with, you know, making my audience more specific and this is my first time doing it, first five seconds, and you can hear from the cacophony in the background, my six-year-old daughter, Egypt, listening to her devices. Listen, this isn't for me to monetize or to get any money. This is going to be my little personal diary, and if it gets listeners, so be it. I'm lonely. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a black father. I'm a full-time Husband, full-time dad, full-time worker. Like, you know, I'm also in love with my wife. I'm also in love with my life, in love with my family, in love with who I am. You know, we we working on financial things, but aren't we all, you know? So it's a lot of things that uh, I'm esoteric in a lot of different ways. So uh, I love health. Um my late mother transitioned a couple of years ago from cancer and I'm no doctor, you know, I'm I'm a GED dropout. But what I do uh, pride myself in is that I can go under the tutelage through the University of YouTube under a lot of efficient doctors that have dedicated their whole lives into certain things and I got into one thing that's called the truth about cancer um, and by a gentleman who's not a doctor but had uh, named Ty Bollinger I I recommend anybody to privilege themselves by perusing it right on YouTube his first couple of episodes and then you can get the rest digitally and stuff like that but long story short I'm a, I, I love health I love uh, I'm a vegan I try to be as plant-based as possible but I'm not perfect so I do you know eat eat what cleanses the feels good to the the flesh from time to time you might hear the anxiety in my voice as I'm talking. I apologize for that. Hopefully, as time goes on, it'll get smoother as I get more comfortable with myself. Like, talking with nobody really um, there to listen. You kind of feel like you're rambling sometimes. And so, I'm not going to. I'm going to try to stop. Uh, I have um, two daughters. My first boy came. His name is Noble. He's two years old. That's a whole nother thing, uh, you know. How to how to boys how to raise a man. Definitely when um, you didn't you weren't raised by a man. So you raised amongst men. Like, but I don't I don't have the same typical outlook of football and sports and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm not that dude. I'm more let's read a book or you know. Let's relax and chill, so. We'll see. All right, this is my little, this is my, wow. It's hard to, it's hard to talk for a while. But you think you have so much to say and so much to offer the world until you, like, put on the spotlight. And you're like, oh, wow. Drawing a blank, drawing a lot of blanks. But, um. Yeah, a moment of uh, an uncomfortable si- silence. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm originally from New York, 
uh, born and raised. I'm 38 years old, so um, I feel young, but I'm, you know, the, the clock's always ticking. And I believe that, you know, genetically, depending on how you've been treating your body, you can be much older than you uh, really are or much younger than, you know, the, your ages. But, uh, I didn't, I wasn't one of those that took care of my body for for the most part. So I feel pretty, pretty much 38 or older. I have a beautiful wife that's nine years, uh, younger than me. And she's as vibrant as a nine year, uh, 21 year, no, not 21. 30-year-old going on 30. Uh, Even my, like, you know, nervousness, it makes you feel dumb even with the simplest math. I know I got that uh, math equation wrong, just by the way, for whoever's listening. I I do realize that. It's just, um, it's too far ahead now to to actually keep going and further embarrass myself, so might as well. Oh, one thing about me is I'm honest, too. I'll be honest all the way my fears, my worries. I'm a Taurus, so I do have a know-it-all kind of opinionated kind of a person, but I'm not a person that just talks without knowledge. Like, I try to not just present things in my point of view, but really go to the facts and data with a lot of things. History, I'm not too good in, even though, like, I love my black history, my African history. It's just I realize our history is almost, it feels like it's never ending. So I'm not even going to feign to be a scholar in anything. Like like I said, like, I'm just, I'm forever a student. I'm forever a learner. But I do love to learn. Like, I, I love to learn about business right now, currently, trying to get a... Uh, my business credit up and all of those kind of things working on different ways to actually help my personal credit and and I'm doing this all alone through just learning through the University of YouTube and things like that but my main focus is always health and always just I listen to people like uh, Dr. Michael Clapper Dr. Um, uh, Peter McDougall you know, people that's just been in the health field for a very long time. Neil Bernard, you know, once you start, once you click on one of these doctors' names, then the, then the um, algorithms will do the rest for the most part. I'm going to go somewhere where I feel a little bit more comfortable to talk. Because sometimes, like, even my daughter around, she's six years old, I don't feel... It's comfortable, comfortable talking to the men. That's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to black parents in general. I want to make this about just being a black parent and how to, like the things we worry about, the posterity of our children. Like I'm not the type of dude that's making six figures. Baby, why'd you come up? So, but can I get a moment to talk on the phone? Where are you going? Okay. Oh, pause. Come back downstairs. 
Like I don't make six figures, nor do I strive to make seven figures. I do think six figures would be comfortable for me, but um, I'm like I I think I previously stated I'm not college educated, but. I am a little miserly at times and I know how to use my money and utilize it for certain things. So I'm not wasting it on a lot of different things that, you know, a lot of us tend to. We all have our vices, so I'm not even going to act like that. I'm not going to go there just because I don't buy Jordans and sneakers don't mean I don't like other little things. I do have my jewelry and, and stuff like that, but it's currently in the pawn shop because I know certain other things come first, whatever the case may be just business ventures that come out of nowhere. But, um, I wonder what's going on with a lot of, a lot of us out there. Like I have a, I have a friend, he's still in New York. Um, you know, it's just in relationship wise, we, we have polar opposite kind of views on on females and uh, just just family but not not really it's just that I think that he's going through a breakup and like I had said I'm in a happy relationship we see women through different eyes and it's kind of like you know that he feels them as can be sometimes innately spiteful vindictive and and you know Uh, gold diggers and what can they offer the man and stuff like that and you know this platform is being spoken on more than just from my friend this is what what goes on I guess I live in a little bubble so sometimes I just I don't see those you know my sister's not that my 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 mother wasn't that my queen ain't that I'm not raising my children to be that so I don't get I don't see these women but I see them broadcast it all the time and you know you have your pockets and your different things where you go into yes you're gonna find gonna find what you're looking for so you know we have those kind of those kind of debates i promise guys i'll get better with talking I've, i've never felt like such a horrible talker than i do right now this is like this is harder than talking to a female that you're trying to get to like you and like your game you just feel like your game is off like usually because at least with the female i'm talking to she's gonna i'm gonna get some sort of reciprocation back this i'm just i don't know if i'm oh i do know i'm bombing but you know, I I don't know. Uh, like, if I gotta get a call from uh, the app saying, "Yeah, listen, uh, we never did this before. This on the third, but we're gonna cancel your tryout video. If you hear a lighter going through from time to time, like I said, I'm gonna be totally honest. I do pay tribute to Bob Marley and all of its glory." I do talk a little scientifically at sometimes. And scientifically is not a scientific term, but like I said, I just feel like an idiot right now. But like, and I won't get into the whole oh well, the benefits of marijuana because marijuana is like human beings, and it depends on how it's grown. There is beneficial factors to it. 
that double blind randomized placebo control studies is out on on its endo three cannabinoid effects with cancer and all of that kind of things. But who am I kidding? I'm not doing it because of that. I'm doing it because of mainly socialization. Grew up doing it. <coughs> but it's calming, and I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. It's my little vice and it's not a little vice it's actually quite exorbitant and um i'm in a place where you can't grow it and and actually monetize it for you so it's one of those things that i'm either going to have to change my income or change my habits i like i said i work full time every night overnight uh i work with the intellectually challenged it's, it has its rewards. It's a house of six gentlemen, of course, for HIPAA things. I won't say their names or anything like that, but it's a house of six, and I do the basic. Me, I'm blind myself. I, I can't see a lick. I, I can. I can see, like, I'm what you would call visual, vision impaired, and I currently just lost my benefits that I had for 11 years due to just working every night. Like, I had to work hero pay, the COVID thing, blah, blah, blah. They lost a whole bunch of people, so they asked me to work every night, and it's not like um, my vision changed. It's just that, you know, I'm folding clothes, I'm washing guys, basically you you learn the house and you learn the routine and you can basically do it at a certain point with blindfolds doesn't mean my vision improved but it does mean that financially i was able to make it so once i reported that it's just i lost it so now i'm just uh my voice cracking like i'm about to cry something i'm good i you know because it's just a, a land of opportunity out there so i'm not i'm not tripping on the disability it's just that's what I usually do. So I, I'm, I don't like to be micromanaged, and I always needed a job to where I can be alone and at peace and be myself and comfortable. Like I'll feel fake being nice to a boss, but I don't feel anything being like a childlike happy. To someone who is actually childlike, you know, like and just is is not looking at me in a class kind of structured way. I'll take that. And the pay is horrible when you look at it like ten dollars, eleven dollars an hour. But the peace is just I'm alone. I chill. My work ain't too much. It's a sleep in so I could still come home and be a man, be a full time dad, do what I got to do in the daytime. I do door dashing, running around like crazy. And, you know, I make sure I support my wife. We both got different businesses. She does um, a fitness kind of uh, training thing where she uh, does cardio step aerobics with the senior citizens and all type. But we just trying to venture out different things. I done had every, I done my own self trying to think of every business from the bouncy house castle and things like that. But... I'm starting to realize like businesses and business ideas are endless. And if you're a person like me that just dives head first and likes to fall, fail, win, whatever, you know, it's, it's all about life. I, I, I'm i a person that I, I like to uh, 
the means, not even the ends. I like the process sometimes. I, I fear the end. Like, you know, this ain't gonna work anyway, but I'm gonna I'm jump into it. That's, that's my problem. That's the separation bef- between a boy to a man, not fearing success. Even with talking, talking this podcast now, I'm comfortable because I'm at a level of knowing that this ain't going nowhere. I'm just talking. I'm just talking to myself. Years later, I'll I'll break it down and listen to myself like, oh, listen, younger me. And I didn't have an old man voice. Now, let let me get 60,000 listeners listen to me. Like, I'm panicky. (laughs) Panicky. Like, I'm the type of person that I like to be the center of small attention. Like, in a barbershop, I like to, you know break down the knowledge that I know put my little two cents in it but I don't want to go on grand schemes of things because not so much that I don't know what I'm talking about it's just that I don't have the authority to speak on certain things like I know I can break down certain things to people that don't know anything about it so they should go yo you need to speak about that brother but i'm like listen i'm giving y'all clip notes of people that dedicated their whole lives to this scholars and all of this kind of stuff they should speak on it and i know sometimes i have to be a conduit because y'all ain't never gonna get this information that is on youtube that only has three thousand views right next to the cat with the ball that has three million views yeah and these are doctors board certified 20 years in the game you know you just don't hear everything and even i had to realize that science is not uh uh unassailable or matter of factly like science there's is a lot of money behind it and it depends on who's subsidizing what what doctor will say what so how do you judge then if any doctor can be bought well how do you judge a lot of the times you have to judge a doctor on their work a lot of the times you have to look into the funding of a certain trial or a study or a doctor before they make the certain claims and a lot of times you have to judge a doctor on their work and and the science itself the efficacy of what they're talking about and and what they're doing so i i do it all i don't do pseudoscience i do the uh national center of biotechnology information the national institute of health i do the uh the journals like the uh, jama journal of american medical institute the british medical journal the lancet i i New England Journal of Medicine, I I skim through those. I I stay abreast of what's going on. And I follow the doctors that I can trust that have been in the game for 40, 50 years, mostly old doctors, mostly people that are alive and that are healthy, that are living what they preach, which I am not, (laughs) you know, because I still don't have the... I don't know what it is, I feel like is holding me back from a complete and healthy plant-based lifestyle because it's more than just a vegan lifestyle you can be vegan and junk foodied out and really unhealthy it's about eating food that is bio bioavailable to the cells in your body you know things that your cell recognizes and that can break down certain things so i don't know i think maybe just for myself later in the podcast I'll do certain topics that I want to talk about 
so it doesn't just sound like I'm rambling and bouncing from back and forth from one topic to the next. I guess that's one thing about a partner in a conversation. When you start to wooze off, the partner will go, oh, yeah, remember this. That and the third. Another thing, and this is like a, like a very esoteric thing. I am a fan of battle rap. Love battle rap. I mean, I'm a black man. I'm from New York. Yonkers, New York. Um, yeah, I love battle rap. We, we like battle rap. Well, we like rapping, period. And, you know, I'm, I was a lyricist. I was one of, oh, yeah, I'm about to make it, this, that, and the third. But just for <laughs> clarification, those dreams left. I'm okay with being who I am, you know. Like, I, I look at the my, my generation, some of the brothers that when I come back to New York, I said I live, if I didn't, I live in North Carolina right now. I love it. It's like, oh. Uh, like heaven, like the South is just something totally different and to, like, to each his own, but like South is where it's at for me, my little pocket. But um, yeah, it's just, it's cringeworthy to see men my age or even younger still talking. It all depends on where you're at. Like, of course, if, you, if you're a grown man and you are monetizing it and it's working out, you know, like well for you then yeah music is life music is powerful I'm not gonna uh, you know music is your brain is is an instrument that doesn't weaken like a regular body part muscle so it's not like a certain age or you gotta retire but it just it's the sacrifice sometimes that that I see that makes me cringe like you sacrificed a lot, whether you realize it or not. You're in this studio every night, this, that, and the third. Your thoughts alone, your thoughts is on raps and trying to connect bars and shit like that when you could be thinking about all different kind of things. But who am I to tell you what to think about? I'm just saying, like, for my my kind of thing. Oh, and another thing, y'all, y'all gonna say I'm, I'm a little politically incorrect. I, I know we living in a cancel culture, so I guess I'll get subscribers or downloaders if people are unsubscribed as things go, as I talk more and they say, oh, what? And you think like that? Like, yeah. I think like a, a old school New Yorker would in a lot of ways. A conscious black man would think in a lot of ways. And I'm not against any specific group of people, but I do put my people first. I understand the importance of putting your people first and just thinking collectively. When it's time to think politically, we don't have to think collectively as a whole on on everything, no, because we're we're not monolithic, you know. I, I but politically, some things should be, you know, understood when it comes to community and it's always been a community based this world America is based off community we have to put our community needs and desires in front of our own at times so I think like that but I could be stubborn 
at times and and closed-minded but i don't i don't even look at personal convictions or culture as a bad thing sometimes you have to be closed-minded to certain ideas certain ideas you just wouldn't want your child to go through or or yourself to go through so sometimes i hold my convictions strongly and pridefully But yeah, this is going to be my first, what is this, a pilot, horrible pilot. But if you, if you listened, I appreciate you listening. It's a regular dude, black man with a family. Come on. Hey, once again, this is Cole from Black Men With Families. I might get that title wrong because I just thought of it like, well, maybe a half an hour ago when I did my first podcast uh, half an hour ago. So I'm I'm just going to keep going, just going to keep talking. Hopefully the jitters will will come out as I go. Um, I could talk about how I got into the whole idea of business credit from my personal credit like my personal credit was shot just a couple of months ago just a few months ago my I had my whole plan set up of okay five-year plan is save 25k for the next five years and then finance your own business whatever that is because I couldn't like nobody's financing nothing I I looked at Growing up, I kind of looked at credit like if you were dumb enough to give me credit, then that was on you. You just lost that, buddy. <laughs> and I, it was a gingerbread man kind of mind state. I'm just keeping it real with you. I know a lot of people are gasping to that because now I understand the importance and relevance of credit. And I gasped how dumb I was. So um, I just I had like a I think it was a. Uh, six six hundred credit score, not horrible. I had uh, a lot of inquiries on my credit score. I was looking at the whole the programs we fix your credit and stuff like that. But I just once again took it to the University of YouTube. That's like that's what I'm good at. If anything, I'm a researcher. Like I, I like to look up things and just implement them so i i started to work on my personal credit first thing i did was even for me and my wife because she she suffers she doesn't have the same impetuous nature of yo whatever like how i am but um her credit was shot anyway so everything i'm saying that i done for me i basically did for her and the first thing I had to do was check out all the inquiries on all three of our credit bureaus. So that's Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, all three of them bad boys. I had to um, check out the inquiries, dispute them. I found little YouTube guys talking about like because Experian makes it kind of hard to dispute, but they have a specific number that you can call and then a specific way that you uh, dial and ask to speak to a certain person and then you um, 
can dispute it ways that you can freeze your account all of that kind of stuff so basically long story short my my credit shot up to like 120 points like from a sub that to oh and secured credit cards I had put $2,000 on a secured discover card but like an idiot I had it for like two or three months and then thought I could get it back and then when I when they finally gave me my check of two thousand dollars back, which took another couple of uh, couple of months, it was um, it shot my points down like fifty points. Like I'm just I'm just throwing darts at all the walls here. So I was like, ah, so I had to start over again. I did things like um, the the people that not through experience experience says it can do it too but i went to another website called rent a boost or something like that to where they looked back at my rent for 24 months and added that into my credit score and i think that may have helped like i'm at 736 right now which is still very poor but we working on it and then as far as business credit, that's something that I never even heard of besides two or maybe two months ago. Um, there's a lady named Noelle Randall. She talks about it a lot, but there's a lot of other people that talk about it as well um, and even more in depth. And uh, just it's the premise of your business credit works exactly like your personal credit. Like you have uh business credit that you can do on all three kind of bureaus. You have your Equifax business, no transunion, your Experian business, and then this thing called Dun & Bradstreet. I never heard of this. Dun & Bradstreet number. That your Dun & Bradstreet gives you your own personal number from a zero to a hundred. And once you get, it's called the Paydex score. It works as like your credit score does. Uh, but this paydex score is a zero to a hundred. And once you're around 75 to 80, your business can start getting all these different kind of uh, loans. And it's a uh, it's a couple of processes that you go through. I, I did it all on one day, just watching a video. You you can look online to whatever state you're in, go to your secretary of state, and just create a business. So if you already have a business, make sure it has an LLC or S corp. It can be anything. This property, blah, 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 blah. Mine was uh, called Dependable Property Enterprise, LLC. Made it an LLC. And um, from there, for completely free, I went on to Dun & Bradstreet website and got a Dun & Bradstreet number. And I did both of this for my wife, too, for her cardio business. I did the exact same thing. From there, you go get a... address for your business or a virtual one you pay online paid a hundred dollars for the year the same with my phone number and the same with the website godaddy.com i think i went to and, and made it all official um got a business account under my name and then you start working on things called trade lines so how your you get your credit your business credit up is you have to go through six months of basically buying from industrial places a bunch of crap that you don't need like or that your business might need depending on like I don't have even a business I want to go into uh, Airbnbs in other words short term arbitrary and. Um, I didn't have a business. I'm just trying to get the money to get like a 
first room and get some furniture. Like, I don't need a whole bunch of Tide or a business chair. They have them called U-Line shirts. See, like they have business shirts and things of that nature. I don't know why I'm talking fast. You know what? You know why I'm talking fast? Because usually when you're talking to someone and it's a you feel like it's a boring conversation. Now, I'm not going to lie. I feel like this is a boring conversation, but I'm a boring person. This is what I do. Hopefully, if you're boring or whatever, like this is interesting and you if not, I usually try to speed it up when I'm talking to my wife. So maybe uh, I should slow it down a little bit. But um, no, maybe I should stay because now I done lost myself. Oh, yeah. And I lose my track of thought all the time. Blame it on the wet, 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 wet. It's not alcohol. It's the other thing that's caused a loss of memory. Sperm cells. But anyway, um. And then, yeah, and then you don't have a friend to even help you out or just or, or make you feel better to say, ah, never mind. Just keep going with the story. But anyway, you have these trade lines and you have different ones that you pay off for six months and then you get offered. So what these trade lines are is they offer you uh, a limit. Oh, you got five thousand dollars at uh, any one of this kind of stuff where you can get any anything from. There's a lot of different things you can get. But of course, it's so-called the net 30, meaning you have 30 days to pay it back. Sometimes it's net 15. You have 15 days to pay it back. But you want to pay it back as soon as possible. They throw it back to Dun & Bradstreet, reporting back to them, just like how your regular credit does. Your credit shoots up and then your business gets business loans. And what's different from business lines of credit from personal lines of credit is a personal line of credit. Like I have wild different credit cards. That's another thing that I did to boost my credit up but i know that i can only use 10 percent of that to for it to actually help not 30 percent, but really just 10 percent of it so when i had that two thousand dollars like i could really just use two hundred dollars of it if if that um but but the thing about business credit they want you to use it all and and certain loans come as business loans or you can get a business line of credit which that just it's not like once you pay it back that's it you don't have it anymore you can use it pay it back and reuse it again and that's what i'm really shooting for so that's that's what I'm on right now. The money it took to do that, I had about four or five thousand in the bank. That's that's gone. We back to square root. But I'm a good saver, so I don't I don't mind that. Like stuff like that, I can always save and and get that back. It still it, it gives me some anxiety though because like I love money. Like I, I don't have much of it. I like to you know. And sometimes uh, my wife, she's younger and like. They they say uh, where, where I grow up, like women are your earth, men are the moon and stuff like that, because men, are, men's heads are a lot weight, a lot of the times in the clouds, thinking about the future, thinking about what they can do, this, just this different stuff. You know, most of the times we get so boggled down it's mostly just my rap career or my music career but a lot of real men have a lot of aspirations for a lot of different things and a lot of the times women are the foundation 
they're the fundamentals that keep it going. So I'm not the one cooking and, and making sure uh, we get beds and this, that, and the third as my wife is. But she's not the one really thinking about saving, neither. She's not thinking about like stuff like that. She's thinking about the happiness of right now for the family. So it makes a beautiful connection, but sometimes those variants do, you know, cause static. But like, one thing that might piss off my listeners is that like me and my wife don't argue like we don't we don't got beef like we've been together for 15 years she's she really is like my soulmate like like everything that i could want she is really really like for real for really i don't know how i lucked out because i'm crazy like i have a lot of baggage i'm from i just you know they say you are what your parents are you know i I was raised around drugs i was raised around like heavy illicit drugs raised around the crack game in new york been in the taj mahals and and all of that kind of stuff but then again i had a beautiful christian mother who who you know, my my crackheaded father, just a quick caveat, he's been on drugs for maybe like five, six years now. Hard crack. He's still alive and kicking. My mom, who never touched crack or heroin, just fried chicken wings and seasoning the salt. She died in her 60s. But moving on. You know, like, so I had, I had that, but I had my mom's side. So I saw it two different sides of the city. I saw the city in the subway with my dad, with the crackheads, and also in the subway with my mom feeding the crackheads and the homeless. My mom, you know, she was one of those, could have been a mercenary type of Christian, but just a loving woman. And she she did have a really good job. She worked with the white people at the AT&T. So she really taught me how to be a strong black, around white, a white, dominated dominated establishment taught me how to be strong how to know the vernacular and the nomenclatures and and you know she was she was a very wise woman even my dad he was just more of a hustler he was he showed me how to hustle he would show he would do these little hustling things in New York City like he was a it was amazing like he would <laughs> I said it was amazing but it was though to a 10 year old kid where we would go to New York City when I would go to my mom me and my mom would do these every Sunday after church who does this she would take me to Broadway so we could watch a Broadway play like I saw cats I saw a thing called Yonkers which was crazy because we lived in Yonkers I saw I saw a lot of things right in New York City And everything we wanted, we paid for, and, you know, we got on the ferry, and it was all good. My dad, I saw the beauty of New York City, too. And everything I wanted, we got. It's just when we needed to eat, he would go up to the cash register lady and tell her, hey, I just got robbed, give me some food. And they would always give us food. And we would have money from different hustles that he would do. And then while we would walk around, other people that were homeless and that would give him money he would give our last two and i would never understand why i would never understand that like why are you giving our last we just hustle for that and he'd be like yo you gotta you gotta give money to make money he that was his monster i guess his monster was more of my wife's monster but my mom's monster was more my wife's monster too my, my mom was a spender 
my mom was like, nah, my like I won't even disrespect my wife's habits to put her on my mom. Cause my mom's fat boy. My mom was fur coats and you know, but she get but see, she gave me a sense of worth to where even though we lived in the ghetto, like we lived amongst the ghetto, I never felt ghetto, never felt poor. Like, and now I understand the type of dynamics a lot of my relationships I had with my friends in the ghetto while we never could really, really fully get along and I never understood it. It was because of the jealousy and it wasn't money jealousy, probably partly money, but my mom gave something that all of the kids craved a real mother you know what I'm saying my mom was the old school loving mom and I was in the I'm not peeping it with my naive nature at the time I'm in the hood with my friends who got crackhead young mothers they come into hey miss uh, can I just and I'm like yeah sure and I'm not understanding the trauma that he's going through and he's just looking at my house. And if anything, we poor too, but it's just structure and love. And I'm hating all the structure. I'm looking at how wild he is and how much freedom he has. It's crazy. And that's where the, the concepts like the grass is greener come from. Cause you really don't know what you have. And the grass always looks greener from the other side. I really don't, I really didn't appreciate how blessed my mom had us, you know, it was kind of a double edged sword because like it would have blossomed more that love that and and that structure if the neighborhood and community was structured like that. But since that's that's far and few in between, because it's not like we were the only loving and, and stable family out there, but it's it's far and few in between. So you're gonna get picked on and bullied and stuff like that and yeah I was a I had to toughen up really quick really really quickly growing up where I grew up when I grew up in Yonkers New York I grew up in Yonkers New York and I have mixed feelings about Yonkers New York like I like I have mixed feelings about every place that I've been to really in New York I, I don't really like that it went, I don't say like I love the entire Yonkers I love my specific people and dealings in Yonkers you know Yonkers is crazy but I love my black people as a whole and I get what we were going through you know and I get what we're still going through so I don't I don't blame the the anecdotal experiences I have on tort on getting tortured and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, this, that, and the third. But Yonkers wasn't cool for me. Don't have good vibes when I come out there. It's cool. It's like, yeah, I good to visit. I, I respect more where I met my wife at. And I had a lot of fights out there too. Like I'm a I'm a fighter. Not a good fighter too. That's that's the thing. I'm a fighter, but I got more L's than wins. Like I said, this is going to be my diary. Hopefully nobody is listening. Hopefully this doesn't get more than two or three views on it. But I was the regular, like my dad, he was, uh, we all weirdos. Like my dad's a crackhead, but he's not the crackhead with the 
with the uh, still the mindset, still the shiesty, still will steal your shit, still will take your TV. But he was neat, clean, a ladies man, a respectable man. The women in the neighborhood, I mean, the children in the neighborhood loved him. This is before Chris Hansen days, you know what I'm saying? But luckily, I hope I don't think he was one of the niggas that would. Chris Hansen would he would be in his kitchen, but he was one of those dudes. Like even though he was a crackhead, he do the the everybody knew Poppy. You he got the uh, we got the basketball made out of the you know the crate the corner store crate. He got he teaching kids how to shoot and all of that. But at the same time, he might might catch him in a compromised position of what of you know the power of that drug can do. And he, I, there's so many unknown stories of him, probably all the things he did to my mom that she kept away from us, but just to keep him in a good light. Because another thing my mom, being a real black woman, would do is she never kept me away from him. She knew that, yo, he had his faults, but she, your son, he need to be around his father. He needs a man. And I appreciated that because for good, for bad, my dad taught me a lot. Taught me how to respect women, talk to a woman like I'm not one of these weirdos, uncomfortable or even hating them, even hating their faults. Like it is what it is, B. Because I'm crazy, too. But I couldn't like I couldn't like. And I think if anything, my mom taught me that. Like, you can't have a mom that I have, and I don't care how black women are are perceiving themselves right now. It's still the goddesses. Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. So this is the end of this podcast. I I don't know what to call these things. I'm I'm just rambling. Call this rambling 101. And then I'll I'll get back to maybe I should listen to this so I can remember where I was at. I don't maybe hook. What do you want to eat? Like I'm vegan, but I can't really do that to my kids. We don't, she, they still don't eat meat, though. But, like, she'll eat a pizza or something like that. Like, it's the hardest to get your children onto, onto it. Like, my my daughter, it's, it's been, been almost impossible. <laughs> almost impossible to get this child to eat Okay, all right. We're going to work it out. But, um, yeah, uh, my dad, he's still kicking it in Yonkers, still alive and breathing, still alive and well. And we have a, we have a, a, our relationship is getting better now. I, I heard you. I'm coming. Just wait. You see bread? I think we out of bread, bowl, but I'm going to text mommy to get some. But. I have um, a brother and a sister, both older. I was the baby. 
not from my dad. However, I'm my dad's only only son. But my dad, raised, these are those times where, you know, fathers raised him. He was in love with my mom. It's one of those things to where they got a divorce. But my dad, it, my dad understands why. Like, he's one of those. Like, yeah, I get it. He can't. Uh, a woman like that needs a real man. Like, he understood that. He completely got that. But at the same time, my dad, in his core and his fiber, he is a real man. He got caught up in a drug game. He got caught up in a systemic game. So, you know, there's only so much adjudication I'm going to give to him. He don't have to apologize to me. And I guess it took it took some growing up. It took, I guess, becoming a father for me to even understand that, comprehend that. At first, yeah, it was a lot of pain. It was a lot of hurt. And because he wasn't around, around like that. But he was around enough. Like, he would call me from jail, collect, and my mom would actually allow it. Like, hey, come get your father on the phone. He would discipline from the phone. And it would be effective. And I find myself having to do that with my daughter now who's in New York. I only have one child that I don't live with. My first. I get her on in the summer. And from time to time when, like, because me and her mom on good standings, always were on good standings. We started as friends. We remained friends. We actually, we didn't really stop becoming friends because of us or like we're still friends but like the talking the communications because we both got partners and we felt like you know it was our relationship was unfair to them just because whether they couldn't conceptualize it or they understood it I just don't like it you know what I'm saying either way I, we kind of understood that but usually we she's the type I could talk to for hours and with me it's it's really nothing sexual. It really isn't. Cause I have a like when like when you're in love, like no I can talk to any female for hours and I feel like it went into that to sexual. But nah, it, it's deeper than that too. And I said I'm going to be honest with myself in this thing. It, it's really because, you know, I have a I have a sexual preference. Like I I like like big butts, and I cannot lie, you know, I've always liked thick women, I, I, I think it's a, a lot of how you raise and stuff like that, and I've always liked thick women, and my wife is very, she's perfect, she's exactly what I want, the mother of my child, however, who I was in a relationship with for eight years before my wife, we started kind of just like as best friends, like really good close friends, and when you when you're in love with somebody you're making love to them so like the love i had for her was very attractive it was very appealing but if she was just walking down the street would i approach her no because i really if i was single i really do have a preference i'm not one of those guys that just yo i can I'm not like I don't I'm not saying that like that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just not that I got my peoples is that my peoples don't care. They're, they they getting right for whatever. They're, they're good to go. 
I'm not that. I, I'm persnickety, I guess. But yeah, so that always caused a little problems because I was young and I definitely wasn't faithful, you know, at, at certain times. Like, uh. and eventually that was something that couldn't couldn't be stopped. And what's crazy about it is we it all we were together for like eight years and we would have our argument and young stuff. Young people, twenty when did I meet twenty when did we meet twenty 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 one? But she was gone a lot. We would argue a lot, but we were tight. We were best friends. Like she, I made her laugh all the time. Like she, she made me feel funny. Like she understood me. Like she, what's crazy is she still kind of understands me more than a lot of people. More than a lot of people. A lot of a lot of people. But there were other things, you know, like. A lot of times, I'm a happy person, and I always like. Even though I'm not, I'm a, I like, I'm a, I can get into my attitude funk. You know, I'm a, I'm a dark person. I'm not a, I don't want to put it like that, but like, I'm not a depressive, like down kind of like. It was just always something. It was always something like so. Not and it's not even to her. St- like she's st- not. It's not like she was like spiteful or trying to be vindictive or or something like that. Trying to bring my intentionally bring my energy down. Not one of those kind. But you ever been around somebody that is just like damn? It's like you gotta be cursed or something. Like it's like so I understood why you were stressed all the time, but it was just like oh my god, it's just always something. That was one because. And see, now I can't even say that was one because my wife could be going through something that can make her completely depressed. And I'm completely down until until she's out of it or until we die. So it had to be more. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I didn't love her enough to go through that with her. You know what I'm saying? As much as I thought I did. Like, it's crazy, but maybe. The sexual thing was one, too, because, like, she's a very thin girl. And I'm going to just keep it real. I'm not trying to ostracize the thin listeners out. It's really not like it's really not like that. If you're grown, you realize that everybody is attractive to someone and not attractive to the other. That's just point blank, period. I I have I happen to do the little muscle thing. You know what I'm saying? I ain't good. Like I work out just enough to where, you know what I'm saying? I'm it's respectable. Like I'm not trying to become any world athlete or this that and the third but I want to be respectable to my wife the man she married I still want to be attractive you know what I'm saying to ladies she still do it for me I love when my wife is attractive like yo my wife shut down the what I love to hear oh this nigga hollering at you that one hollering at you that's cool that that's cool to me because our love is so solid like I'm I'm not tripping I'm really not tripping like she really don't have to trip you really don't have to trip. Like we, we'll play a game. Like we need to get something done at the social's office, and you see a man, and they go ahead, baby. Go ahead, you, you take this one. Just bring it home. <laughs> bring it home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, but because our love is that solidified, so 
but um, I don't know. Just but like anything with with my with the mother of my child, like we had a lot of good. I think it's another thing our age. Like I don't want to just trivialize it and make it all about the age, but I was just such an asshole in so many different ways. I was just so immature. Like who breaks up off of the thought of marriage? We broke up officially for very, like, the real, like, out of all the breakups that we had, the real official one was just a regular smoke session. We walking down the block, and we're, you know, we're New Yorkers, so we're always in deep talk and deep conversation, having deep thought, or opposably, I guess, what we feel, what we think is deep thought, really immature, sophomoric, looking back at it, because it was nowhere near present, but, uh... We got into the concept of marriage and, you know, she comes from uh, another thing and she's Haitian. I'm African-American. That does play a, a large role in it because we're all African. We all come from the motherland, but it's cultures and there are culture differences that we just got to recognize and no one's wrong. It's, uh, I always make the analogy if you like ice cream and you like pizza i get it from my <laughs> yeah <laughs> such an idiot I, i'm thinking i'm so smart i get it from now that i'm realizing i get it from my child's uh, little thing if you like pizza yes i do yes i do do you like pizza and ice cream no yucky you know like they're both good on their own but sometimes two things don't mix and now once they don't mix now we both trying to figure out oh well which one's the real nasty thing no one was really nasty it's just we not we not vibing you know what i'm saying and, and sometimes we we were vibing off special interests we got together but after eight nine years if you are true in your growth and development people will grow people will change that's what i constantly tell my wife now we have to make sure that we're not living in because we love each other so much. We're living in uh, delusional rainbows and stuff like that. We have to stay tentative on each other's needs, like because we're growing every day and our needs and our interests are changing, especially with me, especially with me, because I can't sit still. Brain wise, I'm always thinking about things. I always want to improve myself and better my wife. But better my wife is improving myself, not throwing anything on her because that that that's not going to improve her anyway. If it feels like work, you know what I'm saying? But I always like we're always moving. And if I feel something is important to me, I'm always bringing her on, on to speed. You know what I'm saying? Like and she and without having to even tell her. When she knows that it's important to me, she gonna, right, yeah, let's let's do it. Like that's what that that's another reason why I get myself into so much positive things now. Like I never had an engine to success. That was one thing I was missing as a young single. I guess that's the change off. Like when you got a real one. Like as a young single dude. Yes, I just want every girl in the world. And some of them chicks that even though they're not, not your, your female officially, they're still riders. They're still riders. So because some females did put me on to jobs and pick you up from certain places and just ride in all, all around ride. But one thing about having a wife a real, a real woman, a real wife, it's like there's two of you. It's like there's two of me. 
Like I can, I know that I can do this and she got this. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's beautiful. It's just like we know each other's parts. Like, like oh, I'm the cleaner, by the way. I'm OCD. I've been cleaning my whole life. It's not something that I've, I had to modify for my wife. So like, you know, but I clean the house. I, I used to clean my uh, mother's room for money because my mom's a slob. Mwah, bless her heart. My my whole family slob. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a weirdo. Like I just I'm a neat freak. I'm OCD with that. I'm I'm just my OCD ness is probably just below them dudes that have to come back in the room and keep switching on the light. You know what I'm saying? Much respect. No disrespect. But I'm right there. We we brothers in, in war with that. You know what I'm saying? I need I need stability, which makes me great in a lot of things, but also stymies me in so many other different ways. Because if you need control of everything, you don't branch out for nothing. Because it's just like, yo, I'm not in control of that. Or once you're in a situation when you're not in control, you'll be losing your mind or making bad decisions just trying to get back to that level of control. And sometimes you need to be more calm headed. So my wife, which is just more calm headed and peace. And that's the yin and the yang. That's the centripetal, centrifugal effect. That's the up and the down that this creator created, you know, that. We just need that opposite and, you know, opposites. That's why they attract like that. So my wife gives me that. I give her the worry. <laughs> That's what I bring. <laughs> she brings the carefree. I bring the worry. <laughs> you know, we do. We do what it do. We make it do what it do. I clean up. I clean it like, like really clean, like everything. I, I wash clothes. I'm the one, um. Uh, drying the clothes, you know, but she, she, uh, she used to cook like the best cook I ever had in my life. Cause you know, cooking is cooking is with love too. You got to cook with love. It, it's a real thing. That's anybody, any black man growing up knows if his mom cooked for him or grandma cooked for you, that's some of the best food you ever cooked tasted in your life it's it's because it's what your taste buds grew up to she put that love into it but like my wife I, like soon as I tasted her food I was like oh yeah this is it right here this is like compared with my mom and grandma but I was number one I was strike one because I wasn't even planning on I, oh you see my brain be going back and forth back to why me and the mother of my child didn't end up or just broke up and this was the big one I'm coming a little bit from one because it was about marriage it was some hypothetical shit and she was back to the culture difference she was raised with her mom and dad rocking for 40 years you know good and bad she's like yo we could do the same thing I'm raised an African American I don't know anybody anybody not my team not nobody was even raised around their dad around their dad unless i do have a friend he was jamaican though you know what i'm saying another caribbean aspect of their culture well our culture taught us that too like you know if we if we're gonna go back you know we or not back like in the 50s and 60s we understood the importance of man woman child and all of this kind of stuff but like i by my culture by me growing up as a 1983 baby and at least 
13, 14 in the 90s, I wasn't around too many black kids that had their father around. Just didn't see it. But um, so, yeah, I was scared of that. I was petrified of that. So I'm hitting her with stats. And all that. You know, I can't. And I'm I'm 27 with no children. Like, I'm like, yo, I dodged a bullet here. And all I'm thinking about is just sex. Mind you, she's everything as far as a best friend could be. Like, yo, she's my everything, my rider. But the sex... It even affected her, too. It wasn't just me. She would write me letters that would be like, yo, you know, I feel like we do one position all the time. And I would be like, uh, I feel like I do. In my mind, I'm like, yo, I do one position because that's really the only position that will get me like excited. With, I know this sounds weird, but just with like someone like I'm I'm, rev- I'm very particular. Like, so I like thick women. Like, I like butts and all of that. I can't really do something that doesn't have anything. And she didn't really have much of much of anything. So, you know, and that's really not trying to be disrespectful. I know how that sounds. Ooh, ooh, ow. I never really even said that out loud. That hurts me. That hurts my stomach. I sound like an asshole. Like a real fucking asshole. But, like, it's something that I guess was even like a tacit understanding between us both because we would go down the canal street she get her porn and her porn reflect kind of what she like a little bit of female on female licky licky from time to time and i would my shit is big bubble booty bubble 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 boot so she she know like she knows she understood like but of course i there wasn't no understanding of like yo me cheating and all of that kind of stuff which also was going on like even now she she never she would never suspect that or maybe she does she would just never i don't know i I really don't because like honestly i love i'm a taurus i love hard too so like when i'm around i'm around and we rock out and this that and the third but i was very horny at the time i think i still am horny now it's just now i get my cravings met and now I, now I realize, like, as when you get older, you realize, like, yo, I guess, no, maybe not really, because I be in a barbershop, and I be seeing some old-time pimps, like, putting it all on the line, just for some cooch, and I'm like, yo, what is wrong with you? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, maybe God has blessed me to really just be scared. Like, I'm, yeah, I got too much to lose. I would never risk for what? A new chick? A new what? A new... Ah, like, mm-mm. Like, I, I, get, I, I get the whole, oh, yo. Nah, I don't even. I really don't. I really don't. I don't know. I really don't. But then again, I always say I try not to judge a man because I know I got lucked out. Like, my wife is one of them things, man. And she's not like, and, and here's the thing, she's not a stupid dime on... Well, nah, it's not just all in my mind because she get hollered at every day, not in a way that I know every girl gets hollered at every day, but no, it's more than that. It's like it's a glow with her. She just gets, you don't understand, it's just a glow with her. It's more than just her looks, it's her personality, it's her smile, it's her eyes, it's everything that shines out that makes her just all of that. At least to me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? At least to me. So. 
I don't know. I don't see females really matching that. I can't like it's uh, it's like it's like a parent with their child. Like their child is the prettiest, the cutest. So you know, I don't know. I I I would only adopt if there was no risk of losing my child. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, to to talk to your child and to play with your child means losing my child. Oh fucking no. And I'm using that as an analogy on, you know, that's how I view my wife. Like, she she got a, a special place in my heart to where I'm cool with, like, I'm, like, I feel comfortable. It's like, it's like walking in a store and knowing you're not going to shoplift. So the security guard is looking at you and it's like, yo, I don't care. I got a pocket full of money. That's how I talk to women. That's why I could be nice to my black women. I ain't got to hate because there's no there's no ulterior motives. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what up, queen? Yo, I like that dress where you really do. I really do like that dress. You know what I'm saying? But then I'm out because before you can even think that, OK, here come the you're about to hit me with it. No, I'm out. I'm gone. Just wanted to make your day real quick. I'm like, I'm happy, boo. But, um, yeah, me and the mother of my child, we didn't have a, and that's why we're so good now. Another thing, because that breakup, whoo, that breakup was explosive. It was bad. It got bad. It got bad. Now get this, right? Oh my God. I can't even believe I'm breaking. I'm saying all of this out of all of the dirt that I had did on her that she never found out about, but I still did dirt. Like, it was an eight-year period of me just being a horn dog, just doing dirt. We broke, I broke it off, right? It was like a two weeks. <laughs> it was like, yo, this is about, it was two weeks. In that two weeks, she had sex with somebody else, like a, some Ross and Rachel type shit. You know what I'm saying? We were on a break, you know what I'm saying? I flipped the fuck out like there's something about me like I don't know and it's very wrong very bad but I tell my wife still to this day listen if you ever catch a when you if you ever have a bad night get drunk or something stupid happen kiss a nigga fuck a nigga you bet not tell me about it like you basically you done yourself like there's no chance of us ever getting back together i know how bad that sounds but like it's like eat that i don't care if the guilt is killing you well you just brought that sleep die with it like that's what i i need you know what i'm saying ignorance is bliss for me like don't 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 fuck up my high it's kind of like the the premise <laughs> so and it's still kind of like that like once that hit i was so upset because oh i think it's part of my ocd thing like i'm a type of person that i count the numbers of my reps and if i lose the number of reps i was on i get frustrated I'll start getting anxiety. Like I had to calm down a lot with that. Like when I first started in my twenties, I would write the numbers down. And then I started to get anxiety of, wait, did I already write that number? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it never ends. Like, I'll, 
I came a long way with the OCD stuff and that I had to really to get past a lot of that. I had to go back to the University of YouTube and try a whole bunch of different steps. There's a thousand different things on where is it coming from and learning myself and learning my brain and learning a lot of different things. And honestly, as I think about it, yeah, it's really calmed down dramatically. Because I just used to lament over a whole lot of things. A whole lot of things could just have me in my end. When I found out about that, that had me in my feelings. For real, for real. Like, a lot of shit happened. I had a fight with a brother. Like, it was just... It was just moms crying. Brother came to my job. Ended up coming to my job. He got arrested behind it. And me and the brother had nothing, no arguments, like nothing but I love him to this day. It's my, it's my man, but it was just such a bad breakup. And of course, it doesn't go into worse, you know what I'm saying? No guns, and no no craziness, no nothing like that. Um, she pressed charges on me, got me locked up for a day, then dropped him. Now, all of this, right, is going on. And then... Like a couple of weeks later, like kids do, like we always do, we got back together for another. Eh, 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 eh. And then after that, was like, all right, nah, we can't. It, it's over. Like because I'm just gonna keep. Like I, I like it's over. Let's just call it what it is. Two weeks later, she called me saying she was pregnant. So, of course, the first thing I do in my attitude, hurt mode, yo, it ain't mine. Da, 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 da. And honestly, like you, I know to every man or woman listening out there, you have to know the person. So I know on paper, it does sound like she like, nah, you can't trust no female. It couldn't. It might not have been yours, dog, and all of this. And she might have did the without the rubber. And you can't believe her when she says she used the rubber. I really can't. Yeah, you just got to know the person. Like, you just got to know her. Like, I, I know her. Like, she, like, it was a point where I believe her when she even told me, like, yo, she cried afterwards and she didn't even want to do it. It was like that kind of thing. She was on Molly and all of that kind craziness on a breakup with me no i'm telling her shit like yo i'm already fucking chicks and this that and the third and i don't really like at this point i'm just in full douchebag mode saying that um you know i i this is when i i started to say like yo i really want a thick girl or this that and the third i think one night i got drunk and told her like yo i really want a thick chick this that and the third she ended up punching me in the face and leaving that's all i remember but yeah, I was I was 26, 27 at this time, real, real douchey, and I was a fat kid growing up, so I didn't really like. I was always I had a handsome face, you could say, but I'm not like you know chicks wasn't digging me growing up at all, at all. I was a fat kid growing up, so around like maybe high school, late high school, and just I just started to find myself and started to get a little bit of swagger. Then I got a better job around 26, 27. That had me surrounded by females. So I was really feeling myself. Now I got 
this girl on me that started as a best friend that I wasn't really attracted to in the first place with all these females around and but see I wasn't really like I didn't have anywhere to jump off to I didn't have a female waiting in the cut I was just expressing my like I used to do I used to call my right hand man because we were both in horrible relationships the only the sad thing about it is we're talking about this is like shit 27 and I'm 38 now that's 11 years ago he's still in that bad relationship that he was in but we used to talk on it all the time he would give me his woes I give him mine like yo the thing that I it was so hard to break up with my the mother of my child because I wanted to break up like to this day she and even though she has someone she if it was up to her she would still be with me like I wanted to break up and it was hard to do that because she's such a good person I didn't really have anything to break up for like it, it wasn't like I, I could there was nothing it's not like a yo you don't do this or you treat me this way nah she was cool it's just one was the attraction like I loved her and I was in love with her but I couldn't fake who I was attracted to you know what I'm saying I'm and I didn't want to keep cheating like like that was killing me too like to get my pleasure that I need I have to go I have to circumnavigate the one that I, I love and I really do cherish and second to be honest it was the depression she was in her 20s. Everybody's depressed in their 20s. I just wasn't realizing it. You know what I'm saying? Because now she's not a depressed woman. Uh, but I don't know her inner life, but I don't look at her as a depressed woman. I feel like she handles her stress and shit like that. But, like, it would just be a lot of, like, it would be, I don't know. It just, it was too much. It was bringing, it was bringing me down. And I just felt trapped. And for a while, I had felt trapped. And I think this big breakup had to happen it was the universe giving me what i wanted because without her fucking somebody else i would have probably never left because there was nothing else that she could do that could get that was bad enough because she she's she has so much good qualities i would it was just like and then i just felt so guilty i like it was like i felt like for me to leave her would really destroy her. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really did feel like she used to say things like, she, I, like, I've, I had a dream about you. Like, you're my guardian angel. I know you came here to, you know, like, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. like, it was, it was hurting. And I know her pain, like, still to this day, I know, like, I know she's cried a lot over that over our breakup so she told me she was pregnant so you know like that okay guys that didn't last long when I said yo oh maybe it's not mine that lasted for like 30 seconds swear to god because I'm not even that kind of dude it was just kind of like all right so we just gonna have to get this get this popping by the time that you know the ultrasound came around and the whole way I'm 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 fully committed we're we're back together now but the whole time we're back together there's pockets of where I'm just I'll think about the cheating and I'm just uh, and I don't even want to call it cheating. Just we were on. A, we were broken up. You know what I'm saying? But I think about her fucking some other nigga after 
me being only me for eight years, even though, mind you, I'm doing all my dirt, I'm still torturing her. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like one of the main things I regret about that is that I did that to my my baby. You know what I'm saying? My baby was inside her. And I know her nerves and and her emotions are going into that placenta. You know, it's going into that fetus. So, yeah, that's one of the things that I regretted that I, you know, I did all of that. And then uh, my daughter was born and I think a year afterwards, a year afterwards, we broke up. And basically broke up because I just couldn't get over the the other dude factor. Like I, like I just knew like it was over. Like I knew in my mind, my OCD, it would have been ten years later, and we would have still been going off of this one little argument. I'm not even sure if I'm going to post this. This, this is kind of gave a lot of information here. <laughs> I ain't got a crew no more. Like when I was growing up, it was all about my clique. Like, when I moved, when I was in Yonkers, it was my niggas, uh, you know, your special interest, whatever it was, if it was weed, if it was fighting, if it was females, if it was rapping, if it was just, yo, we on the same block, and our special interest is the the space that we share, like, it was all just, you know, it was the block, it was where where we was at, but just like I was talking about with a female that shit with for a long time sometimes I could just grow apart like men they just grow apart man and it was something that it's weird that it's like this unspoken thing with with black dudes like when we when we're raised in the hood like since there is no real the real nigga shit is just more you know Chaos, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's chaotic, whether we like it or not. Like we breathe into it, and and we're all just lost trying to find us ourselves. So what we even call camaraderie is not even real camaraderie. Like it wasn't real. Like I have, like I I have a brother. You know what I'm saying? I have a blood brother, and I know how I would treat him as opposed to how if he died how I how I treated some of my so-called best friends that have died in these streets you know what I'm saying it's just different you know it's different ain't nothing like family you realize when you grow up you know what I'm saying but there are a few that you do obtain as brothers like I got one like two basically a good four I'll say Brian, P. Bugs, Vic, yeah, it's a good four. 
that are like my brothers. You know, I, I know that we form like Voltron, even though we don't see or speak to each other for a while. That's another thing. I'm a horrible, horrible friend. Like, I'm one of them dudes that I'm an introvert, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I talk that Hollywood shit. Yeah, have my lawyer call your lawyer. Like, yeah, we gonna link up, bro. I swear, yes. And then, you know, and my wife, she's definitely a, a, what is it, extrovert or whatever, whatever. Um... She's definitely more gregarious, let's say, than than I. So she she'll come out and you know, but me and I was never like I liked females. Like I I was never one of those, you know what I'm saying, like friendly, friendly boy, boy. Like I, I feel alone now because I'm such a freaking weirdo now. Like I don't listen to the radio. I don't li- I don't watch sports. I don't know what LeBron's doing. I don't know what young baby boo bop boo rap- rappers out. I listen to my old school locks type shit. Or or if one of my old school niggas come out with <laughs> with a new track, I might might entertain it. But for the most part I'm listening to white doctors and and you know black conscious people. <laughs> like I'm I'm weird man I'm weird but um yeah I, I don't really and it's another thing like when you got a family you don't really have time for friends like you either gonna like it's almost like you either gonna be a good friend or a good father <laughs> you know what I'm saying like because if I'm out here drinking brews with you every day you know what I'm saying or you shorty left you here come let me come and come through and let's go to the club that I then went in my home man and I guess that's all excuses because I'm a homebody by nature like I, I love to do like, let me just chill with the fam like you know I don't know maybe the maybe a lot of times like the streets made me scared too like it's not even on some yo cops gonna kill me shit like honestly I never really worried about 50 stay harassing me no don't don't get it twisted I ain't speaking on no uh, little Wayne shit yeah them niggas is out there harassing harassing but it's not like I'm driving in my car thinking I'm about to get shot by 50 nah you know what I'm saying like just regular you know and I don't even blame my brothers but like it it is a reality that you have to keep in mind like yo you know you you're in a poverty stricken area and like where I'm at it don't even it's not really poverty i mean we're all we have to understand what redlining did we like unless you're in the subsidized areas from those days of the new deal and and the housing act you probably are in a redlined, uh, poverty-stricken neighborhood, which means that you're just everything changes financially. Like because you know the new racism is how you do things financially. Like okay, you well we can't give you uh, clearly. Yo, we're gonna have the better schools because we're white, but we'll have the better schools because it's more wealthy, and we have more houses, and you know you know the whole spiel. Most most people already know it. If you don't, go to the YouTube University and just follow the algorithms. Get caught up, brother. But um yeah, so. I'm in that area, you know, but I love all my people, all my brothers. I don't feel no hate, but at the same time, desperation leaves chaos. Like the the father of all crime is is uh, 
lack of finances and the mother of all crime is lack of access to to finances a lack of the education to the access to finances so I'm just trying to further myself on the education because I realize it is an education game now now I'm starting to realize like it's just about all that you know and all that you're willing to implement too and a lot of times you don't have the assets to implement a lot of things. That's why I, you start off slow and then like these business ventures that don't take off can really crush you or can really leave you cynical to the next the next idea that comes ahead. There's so many business ideas and we don't have access to capital because we live in areas that won't green light anything other than uh, a loan for your school or a loan for a car. You know, something that'll depreciate in value. Or a loan for a home, but very rarely is you getting business loans out the wazoo unless you work for it, unless you unless you know those things that we weren't taught. So now my whole thing in, in this new era of my, my self-awareness, my self-accomplishments, I'm just trying to get financial, financially aware. And to anybody that's listening, no, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm, I'm listening to the gurus, too. And hopefully while I talk, I'll, I'll take you with me, show you what I'm doing, show you how it's working out. I don't want to bore you with the business talk and the personal talk, but... You know, it is what it is. This is what I think about. Like, I, I'm when I say scared, I just get, like, nighttime's be the worst for me, man. I, I get scared for no reason at nighttime. Anybody like that? Like, daytime, you chilling at nighttime for some reason? Just, and I know that has something to do with sacred, you know, stuff that, once again, was lost and, and not taught to us anymore. I don't think it's something that's bad. Once again, I just think it's a, a different tuning into and sometimes it's, it's good. It, it gives clarity. You need to fear some things. That, like I keep fear in my back pocket, like like uh, motivation. Like fear is never a bad thing for me. So, I, like when I say I fear a lot, I do. But I don't. I don't want to remove the fear. I just want to channel it better. Because I see too many people that's fearless, and that ain't a good thing. Like, you're, like you don't fear <laughs> your future, daddy. <laughs> like, don't fear what you gonna make your child turn out to be if you keep moving in this light. And yeah, that fearlessness, uh, I think God gave us fear for a reason. Uh, it's not to be cowardly, but it's certain things to where we don't jump off balconies because we fear the imminent death it will cause, you know? So it's all about channeling it. But now nah, sometimes it gets the best of me too. And I just feel like, oh, I'd be panicking over shit that you should not be panicking about. Like, what are you doing? Relax. And, you know, I heard somewhere that uh, the intake of marijuana does release the corticosteroids at an imbalanced rate. You know, that the stuff that's on top of your kidney. Get your hormones going. It's all about the body and how it secretes certain things and how what we intake or just environmental intake, it doesn't even have to be what you eat, the radiation, all different type of things. 
will hurt your body. Like, I'm not one of those that will try to make excuses for weed. Like, I think weed has its, pro- has its good points, but it's all in how it's ingested, too. Like, you know, weed, the, the, the studies are clear that weed does have uh, a healing modality to it. But most of the time, that's it is heat eating raw sometimes it's not heated because that that can kill some of some of its components but then you have studies that they do smoking and and they they get in a, a benefit from it so it is what it is i don't feel like the way that i do it is actually beneficial because i wrap it in a cigar which we all know is full of nicotine and death and so out of all of the stuff that I'm talking, like I said, the most thing I'm going to do is I'm going to be honest, which I always am. Well, I try to be because now nah, I do. I, if anything, I, I'll be lying to myself sometimes you know what I'm about my situation, <laughs> who I am. But I think there's a thin line between realism and then, uh, you know you know, depression, like, yo, nah, I'm just keeping it real, nah, there's a, there's a, you gotta have a certain degree of optimism, daddy, or you just gonna be, you know, you're gonna be keeping it too real to your own detriment, because it's, because what's reality to you, you know, nah, you'll never do that, or I'm never gonna get that, that, look at the reality I'm in, that's real, I gotta respect that, but, in order for me, for me, to get up out of it, like, and that's the beauty of me learning my consciousness. People always try to make things black or white. Like, oh, so you blaming a white man or something? Nah, bro. Heck no. I'm not even learning this to be the smartest guy at the bus stop. I, I really rarely talk about things that I know because I don't want to, you know, make anybody feel uncomfortable. This is just for me, mine, and whoever cares to know about it yeah this is how we bypass some of these traps that's it bypass some of the traps that's all i learned for that's all knowledge is that's what i look at god is god is just knowledge like god is just in a sense information because everything is moving off information or they just be colliding into each other. Stars, your, the trillions of cells in your body. Every cell in your body starts as as DNA with written out information for for what it what it needs it to do. You know, even your stem cells, your stem cells that don't even know what they're gonna come into yet, they still have a certain pattern of information to where. You know, they know what that the RNA is going to change it to a DNA and, and show it what to do. So everything is information and that information comes from love that will to want to reproduce and keep yourself alive and to, to try not to get overwhelmed with everything because at the end of the day, <clears throat> everything and everybody that we ever knew is just on this one earth and this one earth to the universe is like a, a piece of sand dust in a beach yes ma'am we're waiting for mommy to get back and then we're gonna go out and get something to eat know what that could take a little while all right i'm gonna cut this video i'm gonna cut this audio short gotta feed my daughter
I'm coming into the job. Let's do it.